0: Money talk. Here comes the
1: money. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today we have a very special guest. I'm gonna make sure I get all of his accolades right. Founder of Blockhead Sports Esports Awards, controller player of the year finalist. Gold medalist and two-time NBA 2K league champion. We got Jack Mascone on the pod. Did I say Mascone or is Mascone?
2: Nah, you got it right, dude. Most most people actually say Mascone, but you got it right. Mascone.
1: Don Corleone, Jack Mascone. Don Corleone. Yeah. What do you know
2: about Don Corleone?
1: Oh, uh, maybe the NFT game. The Don Corleone, the NFT game. Uh, <laughs> Somebody double crossed. Is, is there
2: not a uh, a relative of Don Corleone who goes to Tampa? by any chance
1: i actually have no idea i did Uh, meet a kid at a bar i've heard i've heard (laughs) of
2: don culeone a bunch
1: i met a kid uh hammered as fuck i forget his name but he was like spewing my ear off about how he had his grandfather was an organized crime and i was like i'm just here for dollar beers man i'm not really sure what Uh, uh, i did it yeah (laughs) so that's hilarious dude so Where, what's your story, man? Because you, I see all, I see all the accolades on Twitter and I see the the blockhead stuff and I want to get into blockhead later, but where does this all begin for you?
2: Um, I think back in, uh, I grew up, so I grew up playing, you know, sports like it was my job. That was kind of all I, all I really did. I was not incredibly invested in school or, what I was doing on social media, any of that stuff. Uh, all I wanted to do was play basketball. I put the lot of lacrosse. I eventually got into tennis. Um, but you know, I think just to start, I've been an avid sports fan and, uh, player my whole life. And I never really was big into esports. Um, later in my high school years, um, I kind of found comfort in video games as like a nice way to relieve stress, you know whether that was in school or family whatever sports whatever that was. And um my senior year of high school I got hurt um running cross country actually and uh I was planning to go play tennis in college and I it was a stress fracture and I wanted to play basketball that winter and uh, I ended up playing basketball and I was just you know, rushing recovery and I forgot the level of tennis I was playing uh, prior to getting hurt. And I think when I went to go do that again, it just, you know, I wasn't ready for it mentally or physically. Uh-huh. And I started playing a lot of video games and I uh, didn't already intended on taking a gap year initially to go play tennis and, you know, before I was going to go play in college, but now you know, now that tennis was not in the equation, I took the gap year, I moved down to Atlanta to teach tennis. And um, then that's when I really started playing esports competitively or video games competitively. It wasn't, I wasn't a professional yet. Um, And it's funny, I wanted, I was 18 at the time and I wanted to leave Atlanta early. I was kind of like, you know, I did it as a rebellious way to get out of the house like I didn't know what I wanted to do initially I was gonna go to Florida um for tennis and then when I had no plan and you know I was just going back and forth with my parents they were like they really wanted me to do something so I was like all right see ya went to Atlanta and then next thing you know I'm running out of money to pay rent and like you know I just want to go home I'm 18 I don't know anybody like I'm not having fun and my parents are like the only way you come home (laughs) because I was playing a lot of video games before going to Atlanta, they're like, the only way you come home is if you, uh, throw away your Xbox. And I was like, fine. So I threw away the Xbox and for the rest of the summer, I didn't play any video games. I actually did my first semester, uh, down in Tempe, Arizona at Arizona state. And my roommate had a PlayStation and the new 2k always comes out in September, like, or, you know, end of August, whatever. And, uh, I was like, you know, playing a little bit on his. And next thing you know, I'm at Best Buy. getting my own. Fast forward, I qualified through the Milwaukee Bucks, hosted a tournament where if you won the tournament, you were draft eligible for the NBA 2K League. And I actually won that tournament. I was playing out of my dorm down in Arizona. Um, it was crazy. I was rushing at the time. I was like barely going to class. I was just doing 2K and, you know, was just 2K rushing. And, and that's, that's all yeah. I did. And I was just wow. like, okay, this is not sustainable. So I'm either gonna have to stop playing 2K or I gotta leave this school. So I talked to my parents and I actually I stepped away f- from Arizona State for that winter semester. Um, and I went and I entered the NBA 2K league. I was drafted uh, number one overall to the Wizards District Gaming, um, out in uh, out in Washington in Washington DC, and I think about two weeks after the draft, the coronavirus hit. So you know nobody was really doing anything anyways, and I was out, you know, getting played to play video play video games that whole year. The NBA 2K League was actually broadcasted live on uh, ESPN two, which was really cool. So wow. all our games were on ESPN two because they had no short sports to show. Right. Um, and then we actually we won the uh, we won the 2K League championship that year. We beat the. Warriors gaming team in the finals. We were all playing remotely. So they were playing out of Golden State. We were down at DC. Um, fast forward, I was to the to the winner. I was selected to play for the Team USA. I was actually the captain of the Team USA national team. Um, we won, a uh, FIBA hosted the first ever FIBA Esports Open and we actually won that. And uh, I took that whole winner off to go to utah and kind of just decompress um and then next thing you know the new season of the nba 2k league rolled around and we happened to win it again and um <laughs> it was just incredible man it was like i was just on like a 2k roll for a while and i was crazily crazy enough invited to the esports awards for the uh, controller player of the year which is like across all esports anyone who uses a controller. Um, there's five people who get invited. So, like, I think the guy who won it was Simp. He's a Call of Duty player. I He's know in, Simp. Like,
1: Simp. Yeah, so
2: <laughs> he, he won the award. Um, who were the other finalists, you but, know? Ah, dude, I have such a bad memory now. But i met, like, Skump there. I met, like, dude H- Scott, Scott. Like, the king. Yeah, all the big – yeah, dude, all the big guys were there. Um, and it was really cool just to, like, be in that environment. Like, you know, I was the uh, – I was definitely a small fish in a big pond. There, like those guys are huge; they have huge followings, and I didn't really know a lot of, them, honestly. Um, but they're so big within this world, and it was really cool to see. Like they have, you know, significant influence, and that's what inspired Blockhead to me. Um, you know, I kind of saw the power of the businesses behind, you know, these faces, and you know, there's so much. Market potential in esports from a branding side, yeah, and definitely. from you know just uh from you know the, the people are there. Like if, if you create the product, the people are there. The product in in this instance was these esports organizations, which had players play from them for them. But ultimately, the product and the leverage of the product derives from the viewership, and there was enough viewers, obviously, to make all these esports organizations very wealthy. And the players who play for them very wealthy. So, you know, I was I was like really encouraged by that. And then, uh, you know, I really I started Blockhead because I you know I wanted to make a game in a sense that didn't necessarily require you to play a game. And I think you know having a uh, an NFT that does that allows you to like really fractionalize ownership. And I know. Like the NFT, the whole world that word NFT is confusing, but I think bottom (laughs) line, it's it's a you know it's like a it's a non fungible token. So you know you can't you can't replicate the metadata of that token. So you know if you have this digital asset, you have proof that this is the only existing digital asset that that the one you own. You know you can't take a screenshot of it because of the no uh, screenshots. So I think yeah yeah. I think the simplest way to think about it is it's like a ticket. Um, you know, you have, this is a, it, it's a, it's a conduit to a technology that allows, um, you know, people to represent ownership of a group or access to a product or,
1: you know, a, whatever it's a, it is. Uh, that like a, unique. like a club, like a club card. It's a club, man. It's a club. Exactly. It's sweet. And I think- so, and I, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, no,
2: I was just saying, I think that's where the value lies in a lot of these. And I know, you know, it's crazy. And I think, you know, what's happening right now in the world with inflation and, and with people really valuing the dollar value of the dollar more um, is forcing people to really think, OK, what is the true value of these NFTs, like of Ethereum, of cryptocurrency as a whole, like when you really evaluate the value proposition behind it? It's you know there's a, there's a huge argument to be had and an argument that's worth having and that's you know justifiably you know you can justify both sides in my eyes so I think um, you know we're so new to this I think people ultimately any industry that had that lacks transparency from a entity from a creating entity to the um, consumers can benefit from nfts and i think we haven't seen that yet and i'm 100 confident we will see that and you know we're just new to it now so i'm excited to see how all this develops and i wanted to just jump the gun on something that i believe is going to be a inevitable huge part of our world in years to come
1: absolutely and i was talking to my twin brother who also ran cross country and uh, i was explaining to him the whole concept behind blockhead and the uh, the hockey league you guys put on and it out of all the NFT projects I've seen, I, I this is the one that I was the closest to buying. It was um just like the the thought of combining the gambling and then that with um just owning a player on a sports team and cheering for a team you're part of something and that's what a lot of these people i don't think understand you we started following each other on twitter because i was making fun of somebody i don't know if you remember this we were in a twitter space and i was making fun of somebody because he was saying like yeah like your demon like plays football games and i was like yeah but why the fuck would i buy that it was like so some, some, oh, like- oh, you know
2: what's funny that kid who you were making fun of, I know exactly who it is, is the kid who told me about Don Julio, and he actually goes to
1: Tampa. Oh, okay. A lot of hustlers in Tampa, dude. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But, yeah. Um, so, did you, you were playing sports, you got hurt, and then it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you ever heard the story of Tiger Woods, when he was hurt in, like, 2012, 13, he started playing Black Ops 2, and he would get, like, super angry because he was bad at it, and uh, it was just his competitive outlet. Was that kind of the same thing for you, where it was just this competitive thing you needed to do?
2: Yeah, um, I think 100%, and I think that's kind of what gave me a competitive advantage on, you know, the rest of the people playing. Um, You know, I think if we played a different game, it would have been – a whole different story, but I think NBA 2K is not that difficult to play. If you understand it, like, if you know how to like, you got to learn the dribble moves, but ultimately the shot is just a a shot timing. And then everything else is pretty similar to real basketball. And I think like, you know, if you take, if you take it or you treat it like it's a job, like, you know, it's your responsibility to be as good as you can. Um, You know, the sky's the limit in a game like that, because I think a lot of kids look at it like a video game and like, you know, ultimately I spent more time watching other people than I did playing. And I think that's what really helped me. Like I, you know, I was big on when I did play, I would play a lot offline and just practice where I need to practice, but I would limit, especially once I got like more and more recognized, I would limit how much I would play online. Cause you know, I knew people were streaming or were recording me. And like, I didn't want other people to have film on you know my tendencies yeah. in game as as crazy as that sounds so like, it's that difference. competitive
1: it's that much of a it's blowout? really oh yeah
2: man i mean we were doing like create crazy amounts of film like we use a, a uh use a company called synergy which the you know the nhl the nba the mlb uses um and you can look at like sideline out of bounds is like you know what you know, pick and rolls off the left wing, like in terms of looking at other people, you can look at yourself and, you know, you kind of break down your own tendencies to other people's tendencies, you know, what works, what doesn't, and just continue to get better. Cause I think like, especially when you're at the top of anything, if you don't improve, like somebody's working to get where you're at and somebody is modeling their game after you. And people are like modeling the way to defend other people off of your success, basically. So like, complacency is like something that I felt like I did a good job of not really having ever. Um, and that was cause like, you know, I'm, I was scared to like, I, I didn't want to not be where I was. I didn't want to go up and then not, you know, not stay up. Um, and I think that's just like a really, a mentality that's stayed with me. That's helped me a ton in anything, just like, you know, not being complacent. And but at the same time being like a very humble learner, like, you know, always being accepting that you may not know the most, but like, okay, you can work the hardest and you can be the most aware and diligent about adding to yourself, you know, whether that's in a sport, in a business, in a mindset. Um, and then you're all to you, you create the best version of yourself possible. And I'm willing to bet on the best version of myself. Um, and that's, I think why I really, really sticking with Blockhead. And I think why, uh, you know, like I'm confident you know, even not taking a traditional route. Um, and that's why I left eSports because I, you know, I saw this opportunity and I think I could seize it. And, you know, that, that comes from betting on yourself. So, but that, that mentality started from playing sports to answer your question.
1: Uh, and that's fantastic. I think um, everybody, every young man should strive for a mentality like that. Did you always have a natural affinity for video games or was it something you were just like, wow, this is sweet. And I'm giving kids like, the I'm giving kids the work right now playing <laughs> Golden State like yeah I I have nah, such a, dude, yeah, have such a lizard never played, brain like... I have such a small brain where when I think of 2K I just think of like two people just playing as all the players you know what I mean I know that's not yeah. how it works
2: that's actually how I got into it dude funny enough I started by gambling like just team versus team like I was on a site called Players Lounge um and I would be like the Lakers and I would play against somebody who was like the box and we would just wager money. And then I met, I got pretty good at it. And I met people who were playing like, you know, who did that competitively and then also played as one player competitively. Um, And they got me introduced into the, into the NBA 2K League scene. But yeah, man, I think, uh, I think just the video games thing, I was not always like a big gamer. I actually like really don't like TV shows or movies. I think Gaming was a really cool way for me to just cope with stress and whatever it was like I talked about. And I have like, definitely have ADD. I've never been diagnosed, but I'm confident I have it. And I think like video games allows me, especially 2k. It's like, you know, I can relax my mind, but like I can stay active at the same time. It's almost like a muscle memory. Cool thing for me. Um, it's, yeah, it's just like therapeutic almost. Um, and I just bought into it, but it was easy. It got easier and easier for me to play as life got more and more stressful for sure. Gotcha. I wasn't always a big gamer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so how does the, uh, the 2k league work? Because I've seen even like Boston where I'm from Robert Kraft investing big into the Boston Celtics esports team. What is the, uh, the upside there? And how did the, how does the season, how do the teams work? Work. I'm so out of the loop.
2: Yeah, so every or twenty-four of the twenty-six NBA teams have a.
1: There's twenty-six NBA teams. I thought there was like thirty. Is there thirty? I believe so. I think there's twenty. Or, discredit
2: the twenty-six. I think there's twenty-four NBA two K league teams. Ah, okay. Oh no, twenty-four of the tw- twenty-six NBA two K league teams are. I don't even want to say a stat, but. Most of, these, <laughs> most of these 2K league teams are derivatives of the NBA team. So, like, you know, for the Warriors, they have a 2K league team who's housed in Golden State and they play as, you know, they're represented as the Warriors gaming team. Um, so, every player, every team consists of five players now. You live out in that market. You're living, you are, uh, you're paid on a salary. And then there's in- incentives through uh, winning bonuses in tournaments.
0: Oh, and tournaments. And I think.
2: Yeah. And I think everyone, he plays as a uh, individual player. So you're not, you're not, <clears throat> you're not like using Stephen Curry. If you're on the Warriors, it's all preset player. So everyone who's a point guard uses the same point guard build. So that's the skill. Really?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Cause I was going to say like, who would you play as? Like if I played, yeah, as it was all, we were all <laughs> using
2: the same point guard.
1: Okay. Gotcha. And I
2: all use the same shoot. Like I, I played point guard. There was a guy who's a designated shooting guard, a designated center designated small forward. Um, yeah, and they, we all use the same builds, and it's ultimately like how you you use those builds to the best of your advantage. That's what creates who's better than uh, gotcha. you know, another Okay. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I think in terms of like you look at like a craft, or you know, there's all this money being thrown around. I think for one, um, you know, this is such a new space, and I think beyond just like the direct product and the direct. NBA 2K League. I think companies affiliated with the 2K League can say that they are taking a step in uh in that esport movement direction, which I think is a really attractive thing for sponsors to engage with. Like it's you know, it's cool collateral. And then uh, you know, I think things are changing so fast, and you know, as transportation becomes easier, as you know, as we can talk to each other, you know, through, you know, so many different mediums now and interact with each other through so many different mediums. I think having an established gaming team in a game as simple as NBA 2K is almost like a really cool thing just for like sports culture. And I don't think it's there yet, but I think there's a point where we start to see former athletes start to get involved with this stuff, um, you know, when it makes sense and when it's established enough. Um, and we haven't seen that yet, but I think that's like the next step. And, you know, if I'm guessing, you know, you know I think when people are putting big money into this, it's like, you know, it's more the brand and, and what they're affiliating themselves with than more than anything right now. Cause there's, I don't think there's enough direct revenue generated from the, uh, from the games yet. Like there's just not enough demand. Yeah, but Like right. the NBA is in full support of it. Cause it's a good look for the NBA. And uh, you know, I think, it's on its way there for sure. Um, You know, people are, like I said, NBA 2K lends itself to a whole bunch of different types of people. Um, And it's not that
1: hard to learn how to play. That and FIFA are probably the most popular sports video games. Yeah.
2: And FIFA has a huge competitive market. I just think like, it's less, you know, there's 11 guys on the field. It's a little less individualized, but like, I
1: mean, the top streamers are still people are watching now like crazy, way more than NBA. So I'm big into uh, the competitive call of duty, not as much as I was way back in like middle school, but I definitely will still toss on some scump highlights every once in a while. But what's, uh, how is that different from 2K?
2: Yeah, so I think it just comes down to like, you know, I think there's, There's two ways to look at it. Call of Duty is harder than 2K. It's harder to learn and there's more of an appreciation for what those top guys are doing. And I think like the barrier to entry is, is much more significant at that professional Call of Duty level, right? There's more of a demand to be at that top level. And there's, you know, there's more supply of people who are trying to get there. I think with NBA 2K, it's the opposite. But what I think, like I said, what that lends itself to is the incorporation of like, you know, public figures into this league. Right. And it becomes more than just a video game league. It's almost like a culture movement. Um, and you know, I think like making esports lifestyle brands, I think that's what NBA 2K lends itself to. So making a professional lever league, league around it is the first step in legitimizing that. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's like the big, big difference for me call of duty professionally is more of like a skill gap appreciation and i think what you're going to see is call duties here and nba 2k is right here i think it's going to go like an x interesting an x, like
1: yeah i can definitely years. see yeah. that
2: just because you know there's so many different more games being put out now and i don't think necessarily more people are going to start like when people are like okay video games are becoming more popular like the people are using digital resources more and more people are on their phones more people are but that's not to say like video games like the mobile video game industry is huge right so that's not just like traditional console games pc gaming is huge and then like you know i think the next thing is play to earn gaming and i think that kind of just dilutes you know your og call of duty right but like i said if nba 2k can lend itself to be a lifestyle gaming brand then it Mm. has huge huge upside
1: how does it do that
2: like I said, I think the, first of all, basketball is basketball in itself. Like there's a huge, I think just natural culmination of music, like, you know, rappers, NBA players, they, you know, they're always chatting up. That's like a big thing where, you know, rappers want to play, be NBA players. NBA players want to be rappers. Yeah, it's a
1: lot. Uh, like always what Snoop Dogg said um, in the, I don't know if you ever, you're a sports guy. You, uh, you ever watch those ESPN 30 for 30s? I haven't seen the one on Snoop. No, or, well, it's not I, on Snoop. It's about uh, you the USC Trojans, University of Southern California Trojans. And essentially, these are college kids our age, and they're playing football at USC, and they're like number one or two ranks. Their coach was Pete Carroll at the time. And they got Snoop Dogg coming to their practices because they're all like Matt Liner, They're all celebrities, essentially. They're playing in LA, all that stuff. And Snoop, yeah. says, Snoop, Snoop says in that, you know, rappers want to be athletes. Athletes want to be rappers. Like it's just how it well, goes. There you go.
2: There you go. And I think, two K is like Madden similar. I think two K is just further along in in terms of a professional esports league. Um, but like you know, it lends itself to rappers or artists or influencers becoming involved with a game like that more than those other games because it's not that hard to play yeah and
1: there's a low so, uh there's a low what's it called low barrier to entry and then there's a really high ceiling right like yeah, it's high ceiling like, and like there's not like i could you know teach you can teach your cousin who's younger like oh you press you know x to shoot and you release it when they're at the top of their jump shot you know you hit this this and this for dribble moves stuff like that yeah exactly
2: Um, and I think there's just more and more games coming out that are like, you know, shooting games or whatever, like call of duty. It's just, you know, it's tough. And that's, that's a hot take. I would argue what I just said, but that's, that's what I, how I feel personally.
1: Well, I think that's a, it's a hot take for sure, but it's a good take because, you know, call of duty and I'll never forget my, uh, my neighbor, my best friend growing up had older brothers. And my mom came downstairs one time where they're, they're playing uh, some MW2 on rust. And she was asking uh, Andrew, who is six years old to me. She was asking Andrew about COD and he's like, yeah, like you have to buy a couple, you get shit on for a couple of years. And then you're like, okay. At the game. And then, you know, you go from there. Uh, <laughs> so this yeah, the barrier to is. entry, you get shit on. Like I, I was so bad at call of duty. And then, you know, you keep playing it and you, you figure it out but like 2k i i can imagine is a lot easier to pick up and easier to learn um let me ask you jack so when you, you like you don't you don't strike me as the gamer type and you even said you're not really much of a gamer like tan good looking guy I went to arizona state but doesn't really strike me as the kid in the minecraft shirt in uh, elementary school but um <laughs> um w- how did you get so freaking good? I mean, if you were top five, so 26 teams and you were top five controller player of the year, how did you develop that craft so much when you weren't even really like that uh, akin to it growing up?
2: Yeah. I mean, I just think like, so the controller player of the year thing was like across all esports.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's what I'm saying.
2: It was probably, you know, I don't even know how many people up for that, but I think, the the fact that i was in a sports esport really helped that case um and i don't think like you know if there was a way to test your controller acumen or like how good people were at using a controller across all different games like i wouldn't even be in the top 50 percent of the nba 2k league um but i think just the success in the 2k league like just lended itself to a cool argument for that award reward award and i'm glad it happened but I think bottom line is since the game didn't take doesn't take an incredible amount of skill, like a lot of it is just, you know, how you prepare. Um,
1: how would you prepare?
2: How uh, like a lot, a lot of film, dude. Like I was, you know, drink a lot of water, sleep well. Um,
1: oh, shit. So like
2: I <laughs> maintain good perspective and just be like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty like I, I have a good competitive mind and I, I definitely understand basketball really well, which helps like just in terms of game management when to call like a timeout you know when to like okay another guy just you know missed a shot now let me you know let me attack that guy on defense you know like little stuff like that just you know yeah. just
1: keeping games. the Adderall prescription filled definitely helps too. <laughs>
2: exactly Now it's funny I was I was never, like, a big – I never took Adderall or, or anything when I gamed because I was so worried that uh, if I did it once, I would, like, be – I would want to do it always. Yeah. Uh, no,
1: I, I'm joking. I just remember there was this big scandal no, but I in Call of Duty. Probably. No, there is. There was this big scandal yeah. at Call of Duty of these – it's one of these dumbass teams just all railing lines at Adderall before their games. No uh, way. I swear to God. Uh, I haven't I, heard about have that. have to look That's it up. Funny. But I – um. So you would like really physically prepare for it, but how? Yeah, do you make, man. I, yeah. How are you making sure? Like, I don't know. This is gonna come sound weird, but like, you have no on paper. You're playing the same point guard. Actually, I I have a different question. Are these tournaments LAN? Are you all in the same room together, or is it all was it online? What is the environment like if it's in LAN?
2: Yeah. So season three. Is- so, the 2020, 2021 season, the COVID was all online. Okay. That was brutal because, like, when we played teams that were on the West Coast, like, there's Easter, the lag, there's the Coast, lag, Coast, bro. There's lag, dude. And I was freaking out. Like, scumbag like, lag. Oh, my gosh. Dude. I, my shots were off. I was, it was over, dude. I was like 20 pounds overweight. I was just like a mess, but like, the lag didn't help, bro. Fuck <laughs> the lag. No, fuck and, lag. uh, and, uh, season four was, for the playoffs was in person. It was great, dude. Like it was the first time we got to I got to play land. Um and I had a lot of fun with it. I think like a lot of these kids overthought it. Um, but like, dude, you're not gonna hit somebody harder or you know, you're not gonna run faster by getting so excited. And you know, like I, I like I said, I played tennis um for a big part of my life. And I went to a sports psychiatrist for it once I transitioned from playing basketball because like I was just, like, I couldn't manage my emotions, and I was so all over the place on the tennis court.
0: I really? Would, like, if a
2: kid, kids used to make terrible calls, and, like, I was, like, jumping over the net. Like, I was freaking out at kids, bro. And uh, it wasn't helping my game. And I really, the sports psychiatrist stressed the importance of having a routine and, you know, understanding that if you could win every game, you would never lose, which will always stick with me. Um, so, like, you know, just play. Like, you know you practice the best. So I think that's like consistent in esports as well in anything you do and in an interview and whatever it is, you know what you, trust trust your preparation and like there's no cheating
1: preparation so no cheat right here no cheat right here no cheat
2: <laughs> <laughs> no cheat um, no
1: cheating man
2: so Wait. yeah so I think you know when we were playing in person it was just like okay like you know I know I can. I know how good I can be. Like I've done this. Like I know these other guys aren't going to get better because they're in person, but what can happen is I can get worse, right? If I let it get to my head, I can get worse. So I was just trying to be very cognitive of not getting worse and, you know, allowing myself to naturally adjust and potentially get better, right? Potentially relatively get better if everyone was going to play a little worse just because like you know it was a different environment whatever but if i couldn't if i was not affected by that at all I, I loved my chances um and i told our whole team that too and like we really bought into it and i you know i think it helped us a ton we didn't uh we didn't we didn't lose a single game on land which was which is let's like go dude that's series. hype yeah
1: yeah it was really cool and you got a couple of rings don't you yeah bro the championship yeah, actually, yeah, rings are you know,
2: pretty they're pretty cool. They're Justin rings. Shout out to Monumental
1: for that. They're wow. like the same rings the Capitals got. They're like huge. They're super nice, huge, like diamond rings. Sick. Oh, my goodness. That's unbelievable, yeah. bro. Is there a shit talk that goes on in LAN? Or are you all on the team comms or like in between games? Is it a best of seven series? How do you do the games? So
2: it's a best of three for like all the small rounds and the finals was a best of five.
1: I got gotcha.
2: um, I think in terms of shit talk, like you kind of do if you want to. Some (laughs) people do. I wasn't huge on it. Um, you know, like I said, I wanted to just stay, stay locked in, stay focused, make sure I wasn't getting detracted. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I was just, I think like the, the talking stuff is just, it's another thing to think about. It's not necessary. Some kids, you know, I would talk to more than others. It was more, like I said, like if I knew it wasn't going to throw me off and it could throw them off. It was if it was gonna give me a competitive advantage sure but for the people who i you know respected and and you know knew that they were they were above that i didn't really talk too much
0: and that's I, awesome
2: and, yeah yeah and i uh i didn't really listen to anybody either i was kind of just you know just tunnel vision and it 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 worked i think like that's how i that's how i kind of like to do things when it's re- when it really comes down to it like dude just you just got to really just trust yourself, dude.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you, what separates, cause it's literally just buttons on a controller, but what separates a good game for you from a bad game?
2: Yeah. Uh, so like specifically in NBA 2k, a lot of it is pick and roll related. So we'd run like a high pick and roll. So there's the, it's called a four out one in, um, there's a shooter on the opposite hash and then there's two people in the corners and then it's the center and myself running pick and roll. So when the center, when I come off the screen, it's reading that pick and roll defender and like kind of breaking down the other team's defense. And like, you know, I think if I can get a good start and like just get ahead of ahead of the other team, um, you know, in terms of like, okay, I think I know what they're thinking. They don't know what I'm thinking that I'm usually gonna have a good game and You know, if it's vice versa, then it's, then it's much tougher. And you really got to adjust and really think, think critically and and be, you know, not get, not get too offset. Um, And I think, you know, beyond anything, like if you, if your team, if your team is bought in and your team is, you know, talking to each other and they trust, they trust the game plan, whatever. It's hard to have a bad game, dude. I mean, it's so like, like I said, it's not that much skill. Like if you guys are all on the same page, it's, and you continue to do things right, like things will add
1: up. Are there uh, are there divas in esports? Are there Kyrie Irvings that just come and just destroy teams and then move on to the next <laughs> team like a cancer? Are there divas? Dude, there are. Like they really really. Are. And
2: I yeah, I feel bro.
1: like in I was talking to my dad about this in sports and business and life. You can't just have all studs across the board or whatever you want to call them, like good players, whatever. Like it's. A puzzle, and you just need the right puzzle pieces that fit in. Like, and if you just try and get three of the same puzzle pieces, like, let's just, I don't know, let's randomly call them Durant, Kyrie, and uh, someone else, I forget his name. Let's just call those random puzzle pieces that, then it just implodes.
2: Yeah, I like to think of it. It's funny you say that like a uh, chemistry formula. Yeah, exactly. You can have the right amount of liquid, but like if if they don't match, it'll explode, right? Right. Even if it's... Puzzles,
1: chemistry, it's
2: all... Yeah, so 100%, dude. I think like anything, um, you know, like you said, like business, like if you don't have assets that work well and and benefit one another, then you're going to implode and there's too much, you spend too much time with each other and it's so mental and it's so mentally draining. You know, if you're not if you don't really buy into one another and trust one another and are, you know, res- have respect for one another, it's not sustainable for six months. Like you see each other every day and like every you know you see you each other every deep, day, bro. Yeah, you go off the deep end too quick, right? Like, gotcha. you know what I mean? It's it's like legitimate competition. It's not like this a, shit's
1: real sports. I'm I'm yeah. Awake it's
2: not like in uh well, it's not real sports in the sense of like okay you had a bad practice, you can like fight it out or, you know, you just, you know, you just fucking coach runs you or, you know, you can just go to the gym after whatever it is. Dude. Like you can't really do anything like that. Like you have to talk it out. Like you're just sitting in the room, but you're there. So it's like more mentally straining than.
1: Gotcha. It's okay. It's so it's a big mental game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: obviously it's not hard physically, <laughs> but dude, like the mental part of that is, it's tough. Bro. I mean, it it's, sounds like
1: unbelievable. Said, like, what is yeah. your, what is it? So you're saying you all got to just talk it out when, what is that? Are you just competing and then you go into a zoom call? What is your practice schedule? Day no, we day? have like a practice
2: like... facility um, oh my God. where like, where we have our own room and locker room. Like it's a, it's a whole real Holy deal shit. thing. Wow. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing is like, you know, all these people, like I was the youngest on my team youngest or second youngest um these other guys are like you know between 24 and you know 28 like they have real responsibilities and some of them have families and it's like you know the 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 big thing that's said a lot is like okay you're playing for the other person's family so yeah, it's man. like that's when it gets like more that's real thinking, shit more than just like making money yeah because it's we're not making millions of dollars but we're not not making good money you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like we're you're making enough where it has. If you if you take advantage of it and you win, it's it's very worthwhile. But if you don't, and and it's in your control because you're being selfish and you're, you know, just messing around or you know not taking practice serious or just not coming prepared, whatever it is, dude. There's a million different ways to to offset that formula. Um, you know, you are you are not playing for the other person's family, and that's when it's just like, all right, damn, like. You know, let me be a little bit more respectful, not only of myself but of the people around me. When it comes to that,
1: do you feel like these experiences at such a young age, uh, you know, 20, 21 years old, really helped you grow up fast? What? How old were? How old are you now? How old were you when you? I'm doing twenty-two stuff? now. I was I just turned
2: twenty-two. I was twenty nineteen when I first started. Oh my god! Um, Jeez. Yeah, dude, I grew up fast, and there was a lot of reality checks.
1: Damn, and like a lot wild. of
2: like, I'm just being, you know, an asshole, or like, you know, I it, it's on me. Like, I gotta fix it. Um, like, I think that's something that I've. The the idea of like extreme accountability, something that I've really tried to like
1: hone in on. That's uh, um, have, have is that the the book? Are you referencing that book? No, oh, there's a uh, there's a great there's book a, on that. Extreme accountability. Oh, it's extreme ownership by um. I forget who it's by. Let me look it up real quick. But it's it's extreme accountability, extreme ownership. It's basically everything that you can control is not necessarily your fault, but it's your responsibility on how you respond, how you conduct yourself, how you uh, overcome this adversity. I think it's by Jocko Willick, who was a yeah, former no Navy SEAL. He's field. the
2: guy who does the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So he's he's who like he's
2: who inspired that for me. Okay. But I'm perfect. really big. On we are on the same page. Yeah. yeah, dude. And, uh, he's, he's, he's a great guy. He's a great speaker and he's obviously done a, some really cool stuff with his life. And he's, you know, been in charge and been responsible for some really, really cool, strong people. Um, and I have a ton of respect for him. And I think like, you know, if you can identify those, you know, common denominators of people like that, especially from a emotional side, like you know, why yeah. not take advantage of it? Right. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's so unbelievable.
2: Yeah, dude, he, was, he was huge for me. I've listened to a bunch of his stuff.
1: I, I got to listen. I'm going to try and listen to more. Um, so, but when you're, what is a practice like bare bones? What does a practice look like? Are you scrimmaging against your teammates? Are you scrimmaging against AI? Like, are you going against the all-star mode? Like, I, like, yeah, I, I yeah. No, so... it's a good
2: question. So you usually scrimmage other teams in the, uh, in the league, who you don't play, who aren't on the schedule, um, and like you know, I would say days are between like four and eight hours at the facility, and like you know, two scrimmages, two between two and three scrimmages a day. Sometimes one, and then one. You know, you're just watching film on a scrimmage from the day before. And you record everything, and uh, yeah, I mean it's not. It was nothing crazy, especially the my last season in the league. Like, you know, we knew, like, it was kind of up to us. Um, and we just wanted to, you know, ride out ride out that middle part of the season and just come in, come in mentally clear for the playoffs. So we didn't scrimmage all, that much. Season three, we scrimmaged a lot. Um, and I know some teams, like, dude, they'll scrimmage like 10 hours a day, which is just brutal.
1: Wild. Yeah, I couldn't do it. No, that's crazy. And so you're scrimmaging a ton, watching film. Do you guys have a coach, or is it all kind of self? Yeah, we have a
2: coach. We have a GM, a coach. We have. uh, I have an athletic trainer. I have uh, for my thumbs. Like I work out my thumbs every day. Are you still (laughs) 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 good? Not, dude. But we have. We actually do have like a GM who does. Who deals with like a lot of our, uh, just like operation stuff, partnerships. And our coach, who's more just like a, uh, you know, he helps with some game planning, but it's more like just making sure we're all, you know, rallied around the same goal. Um, kind of like an NBA coach. Like, you know, yeah. the players usually know what, you know, know enough. It's just like their coach really allows them to just buy into one. kind just buy need someone to One steer, goal, yeah. yeah. So steer the Pirates. Kind of that same wave.
1: Do you is there like individual shoot arounds or does that stuff not really matter? Or? Yeah, yeah,
2: no. Okay. I, I used to spend a lot of time shooting around, just like we would go, uh, I would go load up one on one with somebody from another team and just get that like connection down in terms of like you know, like their connection was different. Um, like I would shoot on the west coast server sometimes, uh,
1: you know what okay. I mean, just to
2: practice that. And uh, yeah, 100. percent
1: Dude, that is unbelievable.
2: That's just—it yeah, sounds bro. like such it's, a wild ride. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's right. a whole other world, dude. It's a whole other world. Um, so I'm glad
1: I did it. I'm—you make pretty good money on the the esports, or I like how solid how money. You... I think I think the money's not crazy.
2: Um, but like the platform is awesome. The connections mm. are awesome. I think the lessons, if if uh. Engaged with the right way are awesome, and I think like you know it's it's a it's a new thing, right? Like esports are esports are new, and to say you did it at the top level you is did. cool. Like yeah. I like think there's you're at you know you it allows the, me. Were you the MVP too? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I
1: was. Oh of,
2: of the of the I wasn't the league MVP. I was the finals MVP, Finals MVP. Cool. Yeah.
1: Hey, you probably do. You have two finals MVPs or one?
2: No, nah, I didn't get the first one.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, you're the same amount of Finals Ryan MVPs as Steph Curry. <laughs> he, oh yeah, he does have one, dude. Yeah, yeah, he got he has more rings than me. Uh, yeah, but I mean That's Mickey Mouse. Rings. Rings. Mickey Mouse rings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <You're> <laughs> um, so what okay, what's next, man? Are you do you ever think about going back? Because like it's such to, a
2: to, to video games? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Realistically, I don't think I'm going. In. I, it's just like such a commitment, and it's tough. Like, you know, you really gotta leave and drop everything you're doing. And like, other than that, like, I got what I really wanted to get out of it, and I learned so much. Um, because it I is really like
1: think- a, it is like a professional athlete. You wake up in you know whatever city market you're in like you said you drive to the facility eight four to eight hours a day practicing scrimmaging watching film and then either you're in the in the lab competing online or you're um, on yeah, a I, mean,
2: I try and work out a little bit and then like you know I've I have a life outside of it that you know I try and attend to as much as possible but a lot of days it's tough dude and I think like for me, at least, like I've, I've a bunch of things I want to do in life. The lessons, like I said, were great, but like mm. the actual skills aren't exactly too transferable to what right. I want to do. Right? Like you're just, okay, you're just, I, you are just you could just show I can, up
1: to any frat house and just give the boys yeah, like you dude, I can take your money if we're gambling, two <laughs> K.
2: But other than that, it's like yeah. you know, it's more the the emotional skills that you learn from being being on a team like that and working Definitely. with people who, you know, I might not have worked with growing up. Um, that's the stuff I really learn. And, and you can really appreciate little things in people that help you identify people that you would want to work with in the future. And I think that's where it's transferable and that's where it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'd go back, dude. I think I'm going to go to school um, this fall and just continue with Blockhead. Uh, you know, we have some really cool stuff in the works with a bunch of different pretty big companies. Um, and I'm just, just excited to see that develop, and play out, you know, like we're only in our second season, so everything's still pretty new.
1: And it's only, it's only hockey right now, correct? Or is it? Other only teams? hockey right now. Okay. Yep. We're going to football next. I'm stoked for football. I'm going to, I'll yep. be a, I'll be an early investor in football. Let's go. So, I love that. A lot of people have been saying that. I mean, I just, I, I want a franchise quarterback. I want the franchise tag. I uh, I'm thinking, yeah. or a tight end what what uh can the blockheads get into off the field scandals like could mine like end up at like nah bro uh, you
2: know it's funny i i've
1: thought about that what um, would happen if mine like, was like a sex addict or like it yeah to go bro, to rehab? Or, like
2: somebody no i've thought about <laughs> making like whole storyline for it but i just think that's tough like that's just like such a whole other dimension um especially for like if a business wants to buy into this like yeah. You know, from like a corporate level. It's like, how do I explain that? Like, what's yeah. the justification? Like, it's not, that's not something that I can transfer. I think right. a big yeah. thing in terms yeah. of like merging and acquisition is like a having a business model that's easily transferable in the sense of like, okay, if somebody buys me out, what's the intellectual property that they're gaining from me that's worth the buyout. And it's like half half our projects predicated on my bullshit story.
1: It's like, yeah, you know, how, how can they do that? Damn. Um, That that does make a lot of sense. Well, that's why you're running the companies and I'm, I'm the idea guy. really. (laughs) So, well, I just want to pick your brain about one of the things you said. So you said working with these people, you uh, learn to see the qualities that could be valuable to you in business and in life. What, what are those qualities to you?
2: That's a great question. Um, I think people who are like very transparent about what they see going on and are are not willing to or are willing to give me like honest feedback about what I'm doing and then bottom line just really hard-working people like you know people who are going to challenge me to work harder challenge me to be more innovative to think more critically you know I think like when you're want when you're making a team like not, there's no there's no I in team and I think that's Never been emphasized more in today's world, where you need so many different assets to be successful. There's so many different avenues of monetization within, you know, successful businesses that you need to all operate smoothly. And I think like if you don't have people from all angles thinking critically, um, you know, it's tough to really run a successful business. I think if you talk to anybody who's in charge of anything, like if you're not challenged, you're not you're not working as hard as you can, and you know, you're not running things as smoothly as they can be run um because i think challenge at least for me brings me a sense of comfort you know and and like i said that complacency going back to the beginning like you know I'm, it's hard for me to get complacent when i'm challenged and i think when i feel myself getting complacent that's when i start to get anxious and uh you know it's all like for me i need almost need to be doing something Like I said, I have ADD and that sometimes translates to work. Sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you know, I need somebody to keep me accountable. So that's what I look look for in a good employee. And sometimes actions speak louder than words. And sometimes words are great too. So, you know, a hard worker, um, somebody who's just transparent with me for sure.
1: That's, I know that's outstanding. I always, I I like people, the Dave Portnoy's that are just super transparent. They say what they mean. They, their actions speak louder than their words. Like and they, uh, you just no matter what happens, you just know who they are because they've been so honest and transparent. And I think transparency, especially in a digital age, is so huge because anybody can be anything. But when you see that person and the look in their eyes, it it makes the, the whole difference in the world,
2: yeah. It validates it for sure, dude. Especially in like NFTs and fucking esports, yes. video games, like yes, people are under fake names, fake images, like it's tough, dude. It's hard. Like if I think, like I said, NFTs allow for, for for fractional ownership in a business model in a business, right? Like you, like you said, you'd be an early investor in Blackhead Football. You buying NFT is investing in the business model, the product, the product of Blackhead. Um, and I think it's really hard for people to invest, you know, if there's no transparency before between the creators and the consumers. Exactly. So right like I've investors. had a
1: conversation with you. Could have a beer with you at some point. Hopefully, in the future, when we run this back. 100. Yeah, percent Where are you exactly. from? I'm from Massachusetts, man. Where are you from? Nice. Oh, you said that. Yeah. Uh Westchester, New York. Oh, I'm sweet. in Florida right now, though. Where? Uh, I was actually was living in Tampa. No, I. I had to uh, it's it's a it's bananas there. It's too yeah, much. It's I just, I'm, I'm retired. Considering I'm considering retiring as well. It's uh it's bananas there. Are you a junior? <laughs> I'm going into my junior year. Yeah. Okay. Cool yeah yeah dude so i moved from tampa to sarasota sarasota is a lot more chill i I like sarasota a lot and you still got the beaches and stuff and uh and so what's next for you man
2: i think i'm gonna go back to school you know keep keep advancing blockhead i think like you know the industry is so new like people are as people really want to get into it i think just being at the forefront of it from a just a level of understanding and then also potentially having a disruptive uh disruptive product um
1: yeah well you you understand the sports you understand the sports and you understand um the esports you understand the the business you understand the nfts like that's a that's a home run to me
2: yeah bro so i want to just keep keep trying to kill it with that and uh you know, knock out school and then see, you know, see where I end up there. But I think bottom line, just keep connecting, keep working hard, dude. And just, I guess not never, never
1: get complacent, never get complacent. Right? Uh, back to Arizona state. Are you going back it's to Arizona state? Nah,
2: I think I'm hopefully going to over.
1: <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay. So you're right yeah. near home. It's a great basketball school. Hey, that's actually a fantastic school, bro. Yeah.
2: So I'm excited.
1: All right. Before I let you go, dude, thank you so much for coming on. You're right, complacency is a drug. I think that's something I'm at least gonna have to uh, have to act on more. I I find myself getting complacent sometimes, and uh, when I really shouldn't need to shake. Yeah, I, a I think bit.
2: also like you are your environment is everything. Like surround yourself with the right people. Exactly. And, like, you gotta sometimes take a step back and be like, you know, these kids are fun, but like this isn't like you know I'm, you know, if you're betting on yourself, then. You know, you're not helping that. You're not hedging that bet by, uh, by surrounding yourself with people who aren't, and you and you understand the helped.
1: gambling, man. I can see, <laughs> no. I can see, um, like uh, a bar stool big cat. Like he would love this shit. Like he would bet. He would right, buy a player. Talk, yeah, yeah, we got
2: something in the works.
1: Oh, we got something in the works. All right, man. Yeah. All right, we'll where see can though. Go, we'll see. We'll see. Where can good, everybody good, go follow you years, at though? Yeah, What's up? Where can everybody go follow you at? You got something to work works, so. though. Yeah, uh,
2: at Jack Mascone. So, at J-A-C-K-M-A-S-C-O-N-A. Most social medias. But thank and you, uh, Jack.
1: Blocking, well, dude, thank you yeah, for coming on, man. It's been a long time coming. Uh, this was a great interview. I'm stoked. And uh, all right, everybody, this has been great. I'll see you guys later. Thank you, Jack. And Yo. uh, peace. All right, later. All right, brother. Oh.
0: First, the fat boys break up. Now, every day I wake up. Somebody got a problem with hope What's up, y'all niggas all fed up? Cause I got a little cheddar and my records is moving out the store Young fucks spitting at me, young rappers getting at me. My nigga big predicted this shit exactly. More money, more problems, gotta move carefully. Cause faggots hate when you getting money like athletes. Young, it's ice drilling me. Oh, you not feeling me fine. It costs you nothing, you pay me no mind. Look, I'm on my grind, cousin, ain't got time for fronting Sensitive thugs, y'all all need hugs Damn low mans, I'm just trying to do me If the wreck is two mil, I'm just trying to move three Get a couple chicks, get them to try to do E Hopefully they're menage before I reach my garage I don't want much, fuck, I drove every car Some nice cooked food, some nice clean drawers ass niggas, I don't mean to rumble y'all I know you waiting in the wing